morning, you gon' wake up in the morning. I'm talking right now. You're about to experience a morning show unlike any other. Shout out to the Breakfast Club. I hope to see y'all every morning. What you guys are doing right now is the hub culture. The Breakfast Club is my morning sit. I need it and I love it so much. I feel like you really not popping until you do the Breakfast Club. I've been waiting to come to y'all's show, man. I know you gotta be a big time celebrity to be up in here. You gotta be, you gotta be big time. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Break the Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Andy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Still stuck in the crib. Snow came down. I think we got twenty-seven inches of snow. Man, I ain't seen this much snow in a long time. I've been living in New York since 2006. I can't remember the last time I seen snow like this. Man, that's two. That's over two feet of snow, bro, bro. That's a lot. That's crazy. You guys are in New Jersey. I'm in Detroit, and normally Detroit has worse weather than the tri-state area, but we it hasn't been bad here. Now we got about 27, 28 inches of snow. So yesterday I had to run the CVS because one of the producers asked me I had to do something. So. I needed a blank CD, so I ran to CVS to go get it in the snowstorm. It took me an hour and a half no to get the CVS. Ain't right? No such thing as running out. Ain't no such thing as just running out in this snowstorm. I'll be, oh, I'll look, be right so back. No way. Yeah, so. A blank CD? Yeah, it was a long story. So I went and got it. It took me an hour and a half to get there and back. Usually it takes 10 minutes. Then I realized I left my wallet at CVS. So then I had to Ooh. go back out to go get it again. When I say that was like a five-hour day yesterday going back and forth to CVS, and the weather was disgusting, oh, nah. the snow was nasty, the, the streets weren't plowed. It was horrible outside. Yeah, you was wild for no horrible. reason. I'm surprised CVS was even open. Yeah, they closed it early at 2 o'clock. I mean, some people still got to go get their uh, prescriptions and pills and medicine or whatever they needed. I just needed some blank CDs, so... Now, ah, now don't crazy. get me wrong... Snow, snow is a beautiful thing, right? It's it a beautiful is. thing, you know, when it's falling and, you know, your kids are looking outside the window and then once it lands, it even looks pretty. But it's the aftermath, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Having to deal with things like uh, uh, the clearing the driveway. Digging the car you know out. I mean? Just digging the car out, even though, yeah, my, I put mine in the garage. But, yes, digging the car out in, in some cases. Mm -hmm. It's a very strenuous process after it the is. fact. It you is. know what I mean? And the snow, this snow right here, this snow going to be around for two weeks. Absolutely, and then, the, even, and then the even snow after, gets ugly. Even after they like, push it to the side, yeah, it gets ugly. It gets it gets nasty. It gets it gets all yeah. dirty. It's it gets really really yeah. hard. And, it, and it's still coming down now. I'm looking out the window now. It's still snowing. It hasn't stopped. The worst yeah, part is when you have to when you have to park on the street and the snow plow comes and it pushes the snow on top of your car and you have to dig it out again. Well, Dramo oh, just told us part. that his his car is actually plowed in. So hmm. so now yeah. that, that that snow gets difficult gets hard so now i don't even know how dramos is going to get it out he's going to really have to dig you're going you're gonna to have to get you have to call your people's dramos and, and come help you get that snow that car out and, oh, and here's a little tip just depending on where you live i know where i live they always plow to the right so whenever i know it's gonna snow i always park on the left side of the street i try to park it super early so that way i don't get plowed in you should have told drama that no, drama dramos dramos gets plowed in all the time you know that's true yeah, he's used to this 
He's used to this. Caused her. What side That's you like, all. Drums? The right side or left side when you get plowed in? What is wrong with you guys, man? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all miss me that much over there? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Okay, we're talking about snow, man. Get your mind out the gutter, guy. Yeah, the only people that like the snow like this is, I'll be honest, my dog and my kids. They love it. They want to go out in it. They want to jump my in dog. it. Everybody else, they like, I mean, nah, I'll be. Mm -mm. It is something comforting about the snow, though. When it's just sitting there, settled when it first falls. It's something comforting about it. But not 27 inches. Like, you don't get the hell out of here. Not 27 inches. Like, there's nowhere to put all the snow. Like, I've never seen it where the snow is on my window. Like, it... <laughs> it's crazy. Did you you just said there's no way. You just said there's nowhere to put 27 inches. You just said that <laughs> you early in the morning. You, you, that was you. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, Nate Parker will be joining us this morning. The, oh man, Nate has a movie out called American Skin. Mm -hmm. If you have not watched American Skin yet, you need to watch American Skin. I've been watching some very triggering movies. I had a, I had an early screener of uh Judas and the Black Messiah. Black Messiah. For not but Black Messiah, phenomenal film. Isn't Very Dominique Fishback in that? I don't know who Dominique Fishback is. Who Dominique she's an amazing actor. Uh, she was um, she was in the Hate You Give, but she's been in like a bunch of different movies. Mm -hmm. and she's a great. She's in the Deuce. You know what I'm talking about? She's from Brooklyn. That's know. why. Uh -uh. Let me take a look. I think no, I she's in. It. I gotta watch that. Okay. That's a phenomenal yeah. movie, but American Skin, American Skin is another very trauma, trauma, traumatizing movie, triggering movie because of a lot of the things that we've been discussing on this radio. Like yesterday when I gave Donkey the day to the police officers in Rochester who handcuffed and, and pepper sprayed that nine-year-old girl and, 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 and the reactions you would think somebody would have, like if you were the parent in that situation, it actually happens in American Skin if you haven't seen it yet, but we'll talk about it this morning. All right. And also, all my friends that live in the West Coast, that live in uh, down south, Miami, L.A., Vegas, don't, you don't have to send me pictures. Like, you don't have to be like, hey, how's it doing in New York and New Jersey? We know how it is in Miami. All right. We know how it is in L.A. We know how it is in Vegas, Atlanta. I know. You don't have to send me pictures. I get it. I honestly get it. Especially if you're doing that from Florida or California, because we covered in snow, y'all covered in COVID. All right. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. That's a good way to look at it. But let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, since you brought up COVID, let's talk about these at-home COVID tests and what the plan is. The White House is putting some money to make sure you can get tested at home. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night, NBA game, uh, LeBron James and the Lakers took on Atlanta Hawks, and it looks like he got into an argument with one of the fans. Uh... I don't know what she the argument was about. Yeah, they, the whole, it was for them. They all got kicked out. Uh, they were going back and forth. She said that LeBron called her a bitch, and then she started yelling, and they went back and forth. But she had her mask off, and they asked her to leave because she took her mask down. Why Why were those thugs harassing LeBron James? What did LeBron James do to anybody last night to be harassed by those thugs? Uh, he said they were just going back and forth, and um, he said they were just talking-ish. We have uh, audio. Uh, can you play the audio? Which audio uh, We're the on argument. Courtside Karen. We got both. Courtside Karen. All right. Chris has been a Hawks fan forever. Whatever. He has this issue with LeBron. I don't have an issue Le with LeBron. I don't give a LeBron. Anyway, all of a sudden, LeBron says something to my husband. I stand up and go, don't talk to my husband. And he looks at me and he goes, sit the down, bitch. And I go, don't call me a bitch. You sit the down. Get the out of here. And I go, don't talk to my husband like that. And all of a sudden, now I'm getting kicked out. Excuse me, I have courtside seats that I pay for. 
Okay. So who's LeBron and calling? Keeping it real, goes wrong. <laughs> Well, well you I mean, call her a bitch or call her husband a bitch? Well, the NBA was showing the argument. I didn't see LeBron say bitch one time, but here's LeBron's, uh, what LeBron said after it. I'm happy fans are back in the building. We as players need that interaction. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out, but they might have had a couple of drinks maybe, and they could have probably kept it going, and the game wouldn't have been about the game no more. So I think the referees did what they had to do. And I, don't, I mean, it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't think taking down the mask or whatever the case may be at that point in time would have harmed anybody but the people that was right next to her. I wasn't close enough to her. I don't think any of my teammates was close enough to him. Uh, maybe a couple of reps, maybe. Now, heckling got to be a normal thing for LeBron at this point in his career, right? How long has LeBron been playing? 16, 17 years? Yeah. Since high school? Like, heckling got to be a normal thing. I wonder if he's not used to it because they haven't had fans in the arena in so long. I wonder There's he... probably a level of disrespect, though, if he was cursing at LeBron and saying all kinds of crazy things, and then I'm sure he's she started worse. going crazy, and she starts going I'm crazy. And yeah, there's four sure people, and then she's screaming out, now you sit down. Yeah, no, it depends, because sure sometimes LeBron worse. goes back and forth. We've seen LeBron go back and forth with uh, our friend Michael Kaiser, Kaiser one time, yeah. yelling at each other, so he, he goes back and forth sometimes. But it was yeah, nasty. I'm sure, I'm sure he's heard worse. Well, yeah, they I had just, to go. I, mean, I, don't... I, just, I just wonder. They're like, we don't care if you have court side seats. You got to go. Yeah, get out. What else we got, Ye? Uh, we are out of time. Oh, all right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm dialing. I'm dialing. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm dialing. I'm calling you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? And it's over Mike Dallas. How y'all doing, Breakfast Club? What's up, bro? Get it off your hey, chest. Gang. I better get it off my chest. When you order a ride, be ready to go when I pull up. Stop using the five-minute uh, wait time. Well, you are a lot of that five. Sometimes y'all pull up too fast, too. Nah, sometimes you're some... like, okay, let me call the car now, and then it's like one minute away. Yeah, I'm with you, yeah, because no, sometimes he, you don't know when that he, Uber's going to be there. Your phone tells you I'm pulling up. They look at that phone. I want you waiting like you were at the bus stop. Nah, but sometimes you don't know when. Like, if I want an Uber at 8 a.m., I, I call it like 7.30 because I don't know what time is you're going to be around. And then sometimes you come a little early. You just got to wait for a second, bro. <laughs> hey, but, 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 bro, why do, why do you care? You get paid anyway. No, I want you to wait after the five minutes. They leave after the five what? minutes. They don't leave after the five minutes. Sometimes they do. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Lyft definitely They can. Lyft to leave. No, Uber gives yes. you more than five. Uber don't just leave after the five minutes. They Lift are is five to minutes. leave yeah, after. Mm -hmm. So every time, right when I the leave, five I'm minutes out. is over, you just leave. Hey, Charlemagne, That's can ridiculous. I get my kung fu game back yes, that I gave you? <laughs> no. Oh, you said the Thank kung you, fu. You know, I appreciate that. <laughs> I gave it to you in Houston at Prairie View A and M. I got it up in the studio right now. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. I love Prairie View. I right, love. All right, brother. Thank you, King. Take care. Hello, who's this? Sway. Sway, what up, bro? Get it off your chest. First of all, let me say, uh, Angela, I just want to thank you for looking flawless the last 10 years. Charlemagne the God, you like a baby ostrich. And Envy, I was wondering if you could help me get in touch with the credit guy, man. What? Jose, thank yeah, you. I got you. Yeah, he, he definitely. What, what, how's your credit right now? It's uh, high sixes. Damn, okay. All right. What you trying to buy? You trying to buy a crib, a car? What you trying to do? Or you just want to fix your credit? Why you said damn like that? <laughs> I know, Envy. Why are you trying to play me, man? Like, I'm trying to play you. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> no, nah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm trying to get a crib, man. Okay, all right. What's what's bad on your credit? You have mad delays, mad late payments. What is on it? 
Actually, you I be just paying have Pornhub um, on time. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I try to look for you. You Pornhub is not available. Whoa. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> At least you got taste. At least you got taste, King. The body in your mouth. Yeah, that, bro. That, that, that. What was that? You got freight and lace front eyebrows. Every uh I just got like a car or two on there, man, but they come off this year. Alright, cool. He'll help you out. I um if you um go to the credit dude, that's his Instagram, hit him in a DM, tell him I sent you, and and then he'll look you out. He gets a lot of calls, but he's been helping a lot of people, especially during this pandemic. So the credit dude. Your, your, your mama won't give you a call sign, King? My mama, no. She's too busy helping your mom out right now. <laughs> no, she, no, your mom got good credit. That's why I was just saying. Like, yeah, your, your mama, mama got, got good credit, credit, credit too, but she's a mouth for it. Why do y'all not gracious. like each other? <laughs> it's crazy. We do thing, like man. each other. This is how this, this is how we talk when we like each other. Yeah, the Carolina bro. thing ain't telling me. That's I all bro. it is. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. What's your name, bro? It's the Carolina thing. Dwayne. Dwayne. All right, bro. I'll tell him look out for you, man. I appreciate it. Y'all have a great day, man. You too. you too. All right, man. Tell you, tell your mama I said hi. <laughs> Yo, when you start talking about people, mama, I'm always scared that he'd be like, my mama dead. Like, what do you say after that? You say, my your mama got good credit. That's, he go, my mama dead. That's that. Hey, that's just the risk you take when you're taking it low. Okay, <laughs> Michelle Obama said when they go low, you go high. Nope, I take it to the floor with him. It's just the risk you take sometimes. That's Goodness all. gracious. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah! Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? This is Michelle. Hey, Michelle, get it off your chest. Um, First, let me say good morning to all of y'all. I love y'all's show. But Charlamagne, hey, Michelle. I love you the most. Yes, ma'am. They piss me off Thank every you. morning calling up there begging for books. Like, if they really want to support you and want a book, go back. Stop begging for books. It's all right to help some people. <laughs> but don't keep giving all your books away. You want a book, mama? I'll purchase me a book. Listen. Okay. All right. You know, Michelle, I have been blessed to be a New York Times bestselling author a couple times over with Black Privilege and Shook on Anxiety playing tricks on me. I have no problem uh, giving out giving out books. And, and, and you know, I love I love Dr. Rita Walker's Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. Like, I bought a bunch of copies of her book to give away because I think the information in it in regards to the mental health in the Black community is that important. It, it is very important, but I, just, I think some people just take advantage of this big to be big. <laughs> Okay. We all love right, Mama. You all blessed and stay safe and warm. Thank you too now. Love. Hello, who's this? It's Justin from Atlanta. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. I'm a little tight at y'all for going in on a black contractor yesterday. Y'all was going in on it like there's no such thing as an honest contractor. I'm an honest contractor, and I'll be going through it down here. No, we, didn't we, did, we didn't say that. We said it's difficult to find a good contractor, period, Absolutely. regardless of color, because you have to admit there's a lot of contractors who are pretty shysty and I, not thorough. I agree with you 200%. But I also noticed that a lot of people who have the most problems with, with contractors never got work. Like, if you don't understand what's involved, like, it should be transparency from the beginning, right? So you should know, yes. like, hey, this could be this. This could be that. This could be this, you know? So you know. It's always going to cost more, not HGTV more, but it's going to cost more. You got to know that. Well, then it's going to cost more than the estimate you give us. It's, it's, it's undetermined because so many things affect so many other things. You know what I mean? I'm not no, I don't know what y'all talking about specifically or what y'all been through specifically, but I find myself getting into arguments with people who never owned a house, one, never got no housework, no, worse, no work done before, two, 
But that's who, why know, just, that's why we look to you to give us a pretty decent estimate because that's your specialty. And then a lot of times it goes over. I would say a high percentage of times it goes over the amount of money that you say it's going to be. I'd rather you tell me it's going to cost more and then it ends up costing less than the other way around because we're budgeting. So you have to think people are putting money to the side to get this work done based off an estimate that you gave them. And then when it comes out to be way more than that or these all these other extra problems, or we call in somebody else and they say they can get it done cheaper, or you say it's gonna get done in a certain amount of time and then and we're waiting doesn't. because we plan for it and it doesn't. Those are all things that are difficult because people have their own plans. True indeed. True indeed. But again, with the transparency comes, right? All this all this should happen. But what what do you what do you say to people who never who never did nothing before, don't know your job and are telling you how to do your job? You know what I mean? Like things happen. And look, most of the time we're building is cut and paste. So the framing and all that stuff is, is you don't know what the the last person done. So you can only give them you can only give them what you what you know based off of, you know, but once you open yeah, it up and we, things we understand that and there's things that you find all the time. But the thing is, like she said, crazy, there's always right. time. There's time where you say, hey, I got to I have a deadline, just as, especially for me, if I'm flipping a house and I have a deadline and I'm, I'm I'm trying to stick to this deadline and you got me two months over my deadline or you're yeah, doing things that's not right and, and not doing things the proper way and you're doing it to cut corners and it really hurts me more because now I got to open back up those walls. And you're talking to three people that have done this several times when it comes to working with contractors and doing things around the house or building houses or fixing up houses. So we have those problems to the I mean, point I, now where I buy my own materials and I pay the workers hourly. The most frustrating thing about dealing with a contractor is my father was a contractor. So there's certain things that a contractor can tell me that I know is BS. And then I could call my pops and be like, pops, such and such and such. And he'd be like, man, that dude is ripping you off. Yeah, all the time. You know what I mean? But there's always somebody that's going to say that. You know what I mean? Like, there's always somebody that's going to be able to do it or say, what's the disconnect? And again, black people, we're always skeptical of each other in general. So, you know what I'm saying? I can come to you with 200% with, with pure attentions and things happen. And I'm telling you, so, you know, you're looking at me like, yeah, here come the bull. You know, here come, I'm skeptical here of all right. contractors. I don't care what they are. Black, yeah, no white, matter what color you are. Yeah, I'm skeptical of all contractors. I'm going to get a, and the a, worst a, a is double when, or when triple the job. Quote. All the time. When the job is almost done and then the contractor goes missing because they're not that concerned because they're on to the next. That does yep. happen. And I that happens people, all like, the what time. What if pay your contract until what if, That does happen. People will use What if we treated y'all? What if we treated contractors the way Uber drivers treat us? What you mean? Huh? But, when they pull but, up and they don't not, give us, they, 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 we need an extra five minutes, but they don't want to give it to us. That's not the same because you don't know that all goes involved <laughs> with getting that specific work done, though. Like, especially getting it done right. Well, I there's appreciate you if you're an honest contractor, man. And where you from? I'm, I'm from Jersey. I'm in Atlanta right now, though. I'm doing I'm doing my own thing in Atlanta. And I've been grinding mm -hmm. for three years out here, grinding. And trust me, the, the only problems, I ain't going to say the only problems, but the majority of the problems I have are from people who, you know, that look like me. And that's very, very frustrating. And I'm telling people, like, listen, you can go, like, you can have these, you can talk to other people and you can get other, but you're not going to, it's, it's not going to change nothing. Like, it's, it still has to happen. So I deal with people who want their home to be perfect and then people who want investments and people right. investments you know you just cut and paste and you make it cosmetically right yeah let's do this so moral let's do this story, put, put your information the out there the so is, people can use you bro more of the story is if you in atlanta holla at beacon building services we we get stuff done we make dirty things clean specializing in pressure washing and everything else all right what's your number so they can, I, I was, so they can call you 678 
338-7453. And you can holler at me on Instagram at Beacon Solution or uh, Facebook at Beacon Solution. All that. Y'all got it. All right, All right Thanks. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. We got rumors on the way, Yes, and let's talk about Silento. He has been arrested for murdering his own cousin. Damn it, man. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report. With Angela Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, a lot of people watching Wendy Williams' biopic were shocked to find out about Wendy Williams' relationship with Eric B. from Eric B. and Rakim and how he had gotten a car. I guess he rented a car while they were together and never returned it. They were having some issues with that. And here is that part of the movie. Hey, can I get your car today? Oh, what's wrong with yours? Oh, uh, get some new rims. Okay. Well, I need it back by five so I can get to work on time. I got you, baby. He did not have me. I should have realized I was just a booty call and he was using me. But instead, I rented him a car. On my credit card. Mm. Well, Eric B. has responded on social media. He posted a throwback picture of himself standing in front of a Rolls Royce and said, damn, I need a rental. And then he said, too hilarious. I laughed too well. It made for great TV. But the truth is something different. Try that. Yeah, that, that uh, was strange to me when I saw that in the movie, because I thought it was known that Eric B. like had always break. had money. Like, yeah. Yeah. Eric B. From, the, from Eric B. and Rakim, like. I always thought he had some change, so I didn't understand why he was depicted like that in the movie. But it's always two sides to every story. Eric may do a movie one day and show you something totally different. Who knows what the truth is? There's always three sides. His side, her side, and then the truth. It's, it's always three sides. And I just wanted to, yesterday I saw after Tamika, Method Man's wife, released her statement about uh, her issues with Wendy Williams revealing her cancer diagnosis before she had told family and people were thinking that it was Method Man pillow talking and telling her that it was really somebody in the hospital had leaked that information to to Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, since we're talking about Wendy Williams, let's pivot over to Miss Jones. Now, Miss Jones used to have a morning show in New York and Envy. You really kind of got to start doing mornings on the Miss Jones morning show, correct? Yes, correct. Uh, she had a show, I believe, for four years on Hot 97, uh, competitor when I was over there. So, yeah, she gave me my start. She uh, she was, of course, the main person. She was the first black woman to host her own morning show, and, and she gave me a job. But things did go a little left. And recently, you guys had a reunion show, and it was all sparked because she saw you and Gia on Behind Every Man. She was on a show called Behind Every Man, and she starts talking about Envy's journey, and she says... The most profound thing that God knows I needed to hear, that Envy got his start and a lot of his success is because I gave him a shot on my morning show. So I reached out to him after 12 years of not seeing him, not talking to him. And I just said, I just want to thank you and your wife for saying those things because I needed to hear it as soon as I hit send and V texted right back and was like, you don't understand. I miss you. I... And we started talking and I said, stop crying because by this time I'm in tears. And I'm like, I have an idea. I want to do a reunion show. So both I you and Ms. Ms. Jones, Jones are crying. No, Miss 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 Jones was 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 tearing up and crying. We haven't spoken twelve years, you know. It was he Ooh. said she said thing. We stopped speaking, and she seen that she called. And when we spoke, it was just like good times, like old times. Like 
you know, when, when the Breakfast Club first started, everybody was against us. So we were real tight, real close. And that was the same thing with Miss Jones. Everybody was against us. So we were close and tight. We'd go everywhere, my family, her family. We would do everything together. And then 12 years, you start speaking to somebody. So, you know, we we, we caught back up, spoke to each other's kids. It, it was It was a great reunion. Yeah, I get it with Miss Jones. She wants her props. You know what I'm saying? She wants folks to give it up to her for things that she accomplished in this game. That's totally mm-hmm. understandable. And, it, and and it's a testament to, you know, how far you've come, Envy, because, I mean, if you was just some washed-up DJ, she wouldn't want to claim you. She wouldn't want you to, <laughs> she wouldn't, she wouldn't, she wouldn't want you to say that you got her start, your, your start with her. You know what I mean? But a lot of people got them. their a lot of people got their start. Donnell Rawlins was on there. He got his start on radio doing that show. She don't claim him. <laughs> I wouldn't Steve, claim him either. Stephen A. Smith. No, most people don't know he got a start on her show as well. A lot I of claim, people like I claim Stephen A. You claim claim Stephen no, I mean, A. I'd claim Stephen. I'd claim Stephen A. and Envy if I was Miss Jones. But uh, I think Daniel is more of a he's more of a comedian than a radio personality. I wouldn't say you got to start in comedy because of that show. No, not in comedy, but he Never definitely boosted her career when when he was in New York doing radio. Definitely. Never Actually, right. this is when he was Ashley. Larry, was Ashley Larry and you. And you should go pick up Miss Jones' book, too, if you're a radio junkie like I am, if you're a radio guy, a girl, or somebody that wants to be in radio. Have you met Miss Jones? The Life mm-hmm. and Loves of Radio's Most Controversial Diva. Very good read. All right. Go we didn't get Jones. a chance to get to Salento, so we'll get to that in the next hour. But he has been charged with murdering his cousin Jeez. in Georgia. We'll tell you the information and what his publicist is saying in the next hour. But we do have front page news on the way. Yeah. What, what are we talking about front page news? Let's talk about coronavirus and what's going on with these COVID testing. And are you going to get these stimulus checks? All right. And also with Miss Jones, uh, she started a podcast. And the first uh, five episodes is like the reunion show. So it's the band back together talking about what we're doing and some of the amazing shows. And then she's going to be doing her own uh, podcast, which I'm excited about. I think she's going to be great. So shout out to Miss Jones. But front page news is next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's get in some front page news. I know we got a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. All right. President Biden sat down with a group of 10 Republican senators, and they have different ideas for what this coronavirus relief bill will look like. Now, Biden's plan wants to send another $1,400 per person to eligible recipients, in addition to the $600 payments that were approved by Congress in December. That totals $2,000. The Republicans want to send $1,000 checks per adult, but target them to those with a lower income. So that would phase out at $40,000 for individuals and $80,000 for couples uh, filing jointly. And so uh, not everybody would get that money. Unemployment benefits. Biden's plan would increase the federal boost for the jobless to get $400 a week from the $300 weekly enhancements. Republicans want to extend the $300 a week benefit through June 30th and provide $2 billion to states to improve technology. When it comes to COVID-19 vaccines, testing and tracing, uh, Joe Biden wants to invest $20 billion in a national vaccination program. Republicans want to provide the same amount to battle the pandemic and um, schools reopening. The president wants to provide $170 billion from kindergarten to 12th grade for schools, colleges and universities to help them reopen. Republicans want to provide $20 billion to get kindergarten to 12th grade students back in school. 
Man, do y'all want to help people or not, man? When the money coming? That's what we need to know. I'm glad they got all the time in the world to discuss yeah. how people are going to eat. Because meanwhile, every day people are getting evicted, businesses are closing, people can't afford the basics, but they sitting around discussing well, what they're, they're going to do for us. When really is the money evicted. coming? They close the evictions, but you know people are still not paying their rent. People can't pay their car notes. People can't, can't pay electricity, water. They can't pay. The, the landlords can't pay. Like you said, you're printing up all they this can't money. Can't afford anyway. the basics. Yeah, you're printing up this money anyway. You might as well just keep printing and let people, you know, hold people down until this is over. Yeah, I don't right. see they all still these haven't... discussions when it comes to the big corporations. When it comes to the big corporations, it's like, look, here's the 1.9 trillion. Y'all go do what y'all got to do. When it comes to the people, it's all of this, this, this conversation. Correct. Right. Well, this has to pass through and the Republicans have to be on board in order to approve uh, this stimulus deal. And they haven't approved it yet. So... You know, hopefully soon because people need that money. And if you had COVID-19, according to Dr. Fauci, you could get reinfected, as we've been seeing, if the variants become dominant. Here is what Dr. Fauci had to say. If you have these variants and they seem to be eluding the vaccine a little, should we really be getting vaccines or we should we wait for the next uh, generation of vaccines? The answer is you need to get vaccinated when it becomes available. And the reason for that is that there is a fact that viruses cannot mutate if they don't replicate. And if you stop their replication by vaccinating widely, you will not get mutations. Why, why does Dr. Fauci sound like a mix of Mike Tyson, Stephen A. Smith, and Jesse Jackson? You must vaccinate in order for the virus to not to replicate. I mean, mutate. You can catch worse viruses based on who you date. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I would tell you this, you my parents did get the vaccine last week, and uh, I'm trying to get mine as soon as I can. I seen Bun B and his wife got the vaccine. As soon as I get the opportunity, I'm taking it. Well, health experts have identified at least three coronavirus variants so far in the United States. They have originated, it appears, in the U.K., South Africa, and Brazil. So they're kind of nervous that things could get even worse and there could be another resurgence. Now, they are saying, though, more Americans have now been vaccinated for COVID-19 than infected. So they have been getting a lot of people vaccinated. And that's uh, what they said, a milestone and a celebration. But they are warning the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. So if you want to cheer at a party or you have a little get together, make sure it's a spaced out outdoor gathering or a virtual watch party. So what they are recommending, if you do have to wear a mask, if you're inside and maintain social distancing, avoid crowded and poorly ventilated indoor spaces. Now you said you said that more people have been vaccinated than have what now? Than been infected. Really? So right now they said at least 26.5 million people in the U.S. have gotten the at least one dose of the vaccine, and you know 26.2 million cases of coronavirus have been in the United States since the onset. So now there's been more people vaccinated than infected. So we good. We back in the no. streets? No, oh, we good, still need. Girl, good, good. Yeah, we still need more. I think what at least seventy percent of people to get vaccinated for herd immunity. Well, come on, white people, y'all make up seventy six point three percent of the population. <laughs> Shut step up, up. step up, white people. Let's go, white people. You slacking? All right, too much emphasis on the black community. White people, let's go. Go get vaccinated. And if you want to get an at-home COVID test, they do have a company uh, called Illum, and the Biden administration announced a deal. They're giving $230 million to ramp up production of these at-home COVID tests. They're around 95% accurate, and they're supposed to give you your results in 15 minutes. Yeah, I've been seeing those tests. They actually, um, I, I'm going to the Super Bowl this weekend, and to get in, I'm not sure if it's to get into the arena or the suite that I'm going to be in. 
they actually are sending at home tests for everybody that's going. So I have to take it. My son has to take it. And, and that's before I could even get into the arena. So we'll see how accurate those things are. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Nate Parker will be joining us. Nate Parker has a new film right. called American Skin. Now, what is American that about? American Skin. Man, American Skin is about how I think a lot of us would would, would react in certain situations uh, regarding the police. You know what I mean? Especially when the police are doing things to your children. Like all of these conversations mm-hmm. we have about, you know, it, it's only but so much I can take as a human. Mm-hmm. Before I react, American Skin shows you what that reaction could look like, man. It's a great film. Okay, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. Nate Parker, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's the one and only. It's The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Well, we have the brother Nate Parker on the lines. Welcome, brother. What up, brother? What up? What up? We, we got Nate here to talk about his new film, man, American Skin. Very, very powerful film. But why the title, American Skin, first of all? Well, brother, you know me, man. Like my whole thing is about truth, you know. And if we're gonna we're gonna talk about being citizens in this country, uh, and talk about all the all the things that come with that, this nation, the Constitution, we have to ask ourselves where do we fit in, you know, and what does it mean to have American skin right. when it comes to rights, when it comes to equality and equity. We have to really ask ourselves where do we fit in in this American dream. So for me, it was what does that mean? You know, it's interesting because the way Lincoln Jefferson reacted is how I feel like most humans want to react. I don't want to give away the movie, but, but, but what is it that keeps humans from reacting in that way, you think? Let's keep it real. Most humans do react in that way. We're the ones that don't. Like around every turn, they're throwing that, this idea of peace and locking arms, but no one's really talking about how every other culture has literally fought and died. I mean, we fought as a country for other people who have been killed in the streets, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, again, we just got to be honest, bro, about what it's like to be here. What it's like to wake up and it be a dice roll when we go outside. Like I'm talking to you two brothers and we're, we're not, and we're, we're doing all right. Mm-hmm. But when this interview goes off, if we leave and get in our car and drive anywhere, a car can be on a freeway going the other way and we can be down on the street and their lights on and we grab the, it's post-traumatic stress in yeah. our own country. But does that ever change? I mean, that's happened to my grandfather, happened to my father, happens to me. You know, I got a, a 17 year old, like it's his license in, in the next 10 days. You know what I mean? It's gonna happen to him. You know, it, it's, how does that change? When does it change? Just like with the film, I think we have to reapproach how we're willing to deal with it and what we're willing to give up. You know, we gotta keep it real. Like Audre Lorde has this, this great quote that says, um, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house, right? Mm. And so many of us want to be the in and assimilated. And I don't mean to say that to disparage anyone, but when you come from nothing, you want something, right? right. But we gotta recognize that we've given something up. I mean, we got more degrees than we've ever had, right? We got, we got uh, uh, more people in, holding office that look like us than we ever have. But we also got more people getting killed in the streets, we got more people in prison. So I think we gotta ask ourselves, what are we willing to give up so we're not handing this legacy off to our children? I'm, I'm not okay with, the fact that I got, you know, I adopted my nephew. My whole inspiration for this, this, this film, adopted, I have five daughters. I adopted my nephew from my sister, right? So it was my only son. And, uh, and I'm thinking, boom, he's going to be in a great school. He's going to have all this opportunity. And, uh, you know, I'm breaking the curse. Next thing you know, Michael Brown is face down, bloating in the street. 
And my nephew turns to me as we're watching on, on the news and he says, well, Uncle Nate, what do I do if I get pulled over by the police? He's taller than me at 13, 14, dark skinned, beautiful young man. And I'm like, damn, I just took him out of the frying pan into the fire because I'm telling him, okay, grab your phone and, and, and call me and I'll be there. And I'm like, don't grab your phone. Don't grab your phone, nephew. Uh, put your feet down, put your hands up, make eye contact with the cop so he can see your baby face, so he can see that you're not a threat. You know, whatever you do, don't make any sudden moves. Do whatever he says. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm traumatizing my nephew, right? I'm, I'm literally teaching him that everything I've ever stood for doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, you have to literally become less than human or become whatever he is, whatever he sees you. So when you talk about your 17-year-old son, I'm no, I'm no longer willing to just be like, this is the way it's going to be. For, for, for me personally, and, I, and if we're being honest, all of us feel this way. So I, I don't have the answers. The Mill movie doesn't have the answers. But I tell you what, if the next 50 years is like the last 50 years, whereas, you know, at least with Rodney King, the brother got beat, they got arrested. You know what I'm saying? They had to go to court. Nowadays, you know, you did just choke. Eric Garner was like, ah, dead. Nope, we're good. But but you know what you said? We, we shouldn't have to do that. And my dad is a retired police officer. And the one thing growing up as a kid, my dad always used to say, you got to make it home. You can't win in the streets with the cops. Right. Once you get home, then we can figure out how to win. But you have to make it home. And like, that was the thing. That's what I told my kids. Like, even if they wrong, Swallow your pride, make it home. But what if you do everything right, Envy? Like, that's right. the thing. So I think that we have to really ask ourselves, like, all right, what does accountability look like, right? Like, what is police accountability? I mean, I interviewed dozens of cops, looked them in their eyes, and they said to me, you know, hey, I'll speak, but on the condition of anonymity. I'm like, cool. Right? I didn't have to interview any cops. I could have just been like, the police. We just going to make sure they look like the trash that they are. I didn't do that. I said, look, if we really want to move forward, we got to find a way to get in their heads too, right? Have conversations that is inclusive of the reality of where we are right now. And then we can still have that conversation about getting home, but everything we do on high level, like we old heads now, like, like anything we're doing right now is about, all right, we're gonna make sure from a standpoint of accountability that we're approaching this in a different way. Subjugation leads to revolution, right? Lincoln Jefferson is gonna happen if they choose the wrong the wrong person's uh, kid, right? Or the wrong person's relative. The hope is that this is like preventative me a preventative measure. Well, let, let's expound on that. Do you think the way Lincoln Jefferson replied is an inevitable response to police brutality? It, it is everywhere else. Subjugation leads to revolution. Like that's real. And, that's, and I'm not making it up. I'm not saying go out in the streets and do anything. I'm not saying become Lincoln Jefferson. I'm just saying at some point we gotta ask ourselves like, where's the line? You know, I don't wanna lose my children. And I ain't no killer. I just don't want to lose my children. So I think, is Lincoln Jefferson among us? Yeah. Is there a way around it? I really do believe there is, but we first need honest conversation. How, how have police officers reacted to this film? Very positively, believe it or not. We, we had a chance to screen the film in upstate New York at the Center for Police Equity for some police trainers. And, you know, it was a scary thing because I don't, I'm not, apologetic like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go and, and, and stand in front of cops and say chew the meat spit out the bones you know if anything you don't like i'm not that dude i'm like this is what it is this is how we feel you know so watch it if you don't like it cool i'm out but the response was yo we can use this in for, for training so wow. i think there is a conversation to be had on, from so many different perspectives right that'll deal with the double standards we're, we're dealing with when it comes to police and when it comes to how we're handled so i think there's a conversation to be had by police yes I think there are conversations to be had in our community about, about 
how we're approaching it, what we're willing to do, being able to close the door. Like we can't forget like what we're doing right now was used to be illegal not too long ago. Like mm -hmm. we couldn't have a conversation unapologetically talking about what we want to talk about without a white person being present, kind of uh, uh, overseeing what we were saying and how. So I think that there, there are a lot of things that can that, that need to be done, but the first step is just being honest about where we're at. All right, we got more with Nate Parker. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Nate Parker. He had a movie out, American Skin. And when do you have those conversations? You say you have five daughters and, and, and a nephew that you adopted. You said he's, what, 13. So what age do you start having those conversations, you know? I think every kid is different. But I you think, don't want to scare your kids either. Like you don't want them to, every time they see a you know a police officer or a cop car, they crying. You know what I mean? But you want to tell them so if they ever get into a situation, it's already pre-programmed what to do, what to say to make sure that they you know they're good. Right, but but it's really symptomatic of, of of other issues. Like like what we're really talking about is white supremacy and, and systemic racism and institutional racism. Like it's no different than me telling my 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 nephew or my daughter at at ten at some point, And I've had those conversations with my girls. Like. You color your skin, someone's gonna maybe call you this. Like you gotta be ready for that. In the same way that other communities that have endured genocides talk to their children at very young ages about what they should and should not tolerate, we should be open to those conversations. Like what's more scary, right? My seven-year-old daughter, me having to talk to her about either police brutality or racism or and, and tell her about it and her be scared about it at first, but can identify it when it's coming from her classmates or her teachers or to not tell her anything and she come home one day like, wait, what does this mean? And why, why did they say that? And why do I feel this way? So I think that we have to be more open to expose our kids to things that might be hurtful at, in the beginning, but empower them to know how to deal with it. Because most people, even the people that are spewing the ignorance are ignorant themselves. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you confront that early, I think you position your kids to be able to develop not only an understanding, but a, an offense. Why do I wonder why? And you know, I think about this when we watch um we watch the police officers slam the young girl yeah. to the ground last week unconscious. You know, uh, yesterday police in Rochester handcuffed a nine year old girl, pepper sprayed her. Yeah. Why do you think police officers don't see themselves in others? Well, because they don't see us as them. It's like the whole idea how how people treat their dogs in the United States of America, right? Like mm -hmm. the dog is like a person. When you go to other cultures, they eat dogs. That's what they do. If you see a human like an animal, then you treating it like an animal is not even in the same universe of you seeing yourself in them because you don't see them as human, mm. you know? And, and, and I think that that is systemic. You know, when I talk to these police officers, you know, one police officer in particular told me, he said, look, Nate, he said, when I come to your neighborhood, or can I come in the neighborhood and I see that it's administrative policing. How you doing, sir? How you doing, ma'am? Can I please, thank you very much. Have a nice day. He said, when we go to the jungle, and he said that, he was like, they hate us. It's, get the f out of the car, get the f on the curb right now. He says, it's, it's, it's just the way it is. And I asked him, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Criminal police versus administrative policing. I said, is that in the handbook? He was like, no. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you, everyone just knows. Wow. I was like, what do you mean everyone? He said, it's just the way, it's just the way it is. Yeah, whatever that book it is that officers keep talking about, because I keep hearing them say this, well, they did it by the book, they did it by the book. Yeah. That book, is making them sociopaths. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you think do you think cops put on the uniform and just automatically become sociopaths? I think this. The second you say I want to be a part of a system that brutalizes, subjugates, marginalizes and controls and intimidates people, 
regardless of what color you are, the second you step into that paradigm, whether you like it or not, you're going to become a part of that. So I think that there are well-intentioned men and women that have gone into law enforcement saying, look, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to fix things. I'm going to be the person that fix things. I'm going to make sure. And I do believe there are people that have told that line and been able to make it through. But the majority of people that become engaged in these type of systems that just by virtue of their existence are corrupt when it comes to how they dehumanize or treat people, it's unavoidable. Some of the worst videos I saw in my, my research are brothers and, and, and Latino brothers with the baton hitting people, breaking legs, trying to prove that they're brothers with the, you know, I, I, I think it's systemic. And I think that's another thing we got to think about. Like, yo, look, if a, if a cop kills someone, right, we want justice. All right, cool. That cop is fired. I don't know if we should just be happy because if, if the company is creating widgets and the widgets are killing black people, destroying the widgets doesn't stop the company from creating the widgets, right? Mm-hmm. We got to find a way to say, okay, obviously there's something wrong with this institution. And we can't be okay with the fact that it just hasn't happened to us yet. You know, uh, Lincoln Jefferson. I love, I love that name. I know it's some science in that name. Why that name, Lincoln Jefferson? Uh, one is a, is a call to our, our desperation to kind of uh, to, to fit in in society and to, and to try to accept and walk in this American dream, right? I've met so many people, Black folks, who are proudly named after people who weren't necessarily for us. This is a man that's not only a, a veteran, who has served his time, who has come home and things haven't been right, because there are a lot of veterans and a lot of us has a history. A lot of my uncles and aunts, army, military come back and they struggling like they never left. We talk about Lincoln in the same way we talk about King, right? Because there's, there's two Lincolns, right? There's Lincoln freed the slave and there's I have a dream King, right? But we ignore the Lincoln who in the Lincoln's Douglas debates was like, nah, I don't think black people are equal. And Jefferson, come on, Thomas Jefferson, his, his relationship, with with his uh, property and, and, and the fact that when he died, he was like, nah, keep them locked up. So I wanted to give a name that was a was was a callback to our desperation as a people to be seen as as Americans to our own detriment. Yeah, I know how this film is uh, probably will resonate with black people. How do you want it to resonate with white folks and, and others who don't who don't live our existence? If you even care. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like, I think, as I said before, first, I think our voices have to be elevated. The way the country is designed, you know, with respect to who has power, a lot of times our voice don't get to the masses. It's like, you know, there's, I'm not to give away the film, but there is a, a line where the guy basically says, the world needs to see what's happening. You know what I mean? So by us understanding our condition, or by us elevating our voices, if nothing else, if only the continent, if only it resonates only. They say, all right, Nate, the only people that's going to resonate with people that look like you in the United States of America and people that look like you on the continent and the UK, you know, whatever, like black people, African people, people African descent all over. If that was it and they drew a line and I couldn't do anything about it, I would be I would be like, OK. The reality is, is we have media, we have digital, we have Zoom, we have, so when, when, when the white friends call us and George Floyd, oh my God, what can I do to help? You know what you can do? Watch this film and talk to your kids about racism and white supremacy and privilege. And you know what? Don't be afraid to draw the parallels between the double standard and policing that we see in this film and what we see, saw at the Capitol. I think if the best thing that people are not in our community can do is confront racism and white supremacy the same way that we're having to front, confront racism and white supremacy. And guess what? Even if you don't, you don't have to go out and 
find a random black person at a, uh, at a, at a Starbucks and say, oh my, can I have a hug? Like that shit don't help. It's like really, you gotta address your internalized white supremacy. You gotta address it. You gotta speak out about institutional racism or racism you see in your kid's private school and the barriers to entry when it comes to us trying to get a proper education for our kids. You gotta speak out about the double standards when it comes to sentencing and bail reform. I do think white people need to see the film. I do, I do think cops are gonna see this. I don't think they're gonna tell people, but I think they're gonna be some cops that push that, push that play button on Amazon Prime because they hear about it. And I think at the end of it, whatever they feel, they'll know that there was truth in it. And they'll know that there was a desire to gain understanding unapologetically. All right, don't move. We got more with Nate Parker. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Nate Parker. He's here. He has a new movie out called American Skin. Charlamagne? Listen, I, I want to go back to the military thing real quick, like, because, you know, Lincoln Jefferson is a military vet. What, what are your thoughts on Black people joining the military to fight for a country that doesn't fight for us? It's, it's an interesting question. It comes up a lot. You know, I only speak personally to, to, what I, to what I think. First of all, I'll never disparage anyone that looks like me publicly for any reason. I think they have to, some conversations have to be had in private. Anything that I feel from a negative standpoint about what Black people should or should not do, I think it's for, it's for different company. But I will say this. This is as much our country, if not more, than any other people walking around. Not just because we fought, but because responsible for the freedom in this country, right? Like we fought in every single war, specifically if you look at like Red Tails, like if it wasn't for the Tuskegee Airmen, I don't know if we win. Cause we went from losing some crazy number like 80% of all bombers to losing zero in combat. You know what I mean? It's the, I don't think our contribution is a small one. It's not a participation award. We were MVP in all the wars. You know what I'm saying? Civil War, MVPs. Lincoln knew what time it was. Frederick Douglass, when he went to him and said, yo, you got to let us fight, it's because we were losing. <laughs> That's real. You know what I'm saying? So I think that I honor all the people that look like me have, that have fought for this country. But I will say they fought for their country. We built the country. We continue to build it. We build it with brick and mortar. We build it with culture. Appropriated or not, it's still ours. We still build it. This radio show is more important than any other, in my opinion, mainstream media outlet that exists. And I'm not saying that to, to, to be negative or create controversy. God knows I'm not trying to do that. I'm saying it to say when it comes to my experience, when it comes to asking questions like, how do we feel about our veterans that look like us, that go that as we speak on other, is on, on other soil, as they're hearing about, you know, brothers and sisters, Breonna Taylor, and they're hearing, hearing about all the, all the killings and still got to wake up, look at that watch, clean that weapon and go out and, and, and march and look for, someone to, 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 to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. I think that this country is ours. I think we've earned it. We've earned every step we take, every, every, uh, I still, because, you know, as Baldwin says, we have the right to hold this country accountable. You know, it's funny, I was, you know, talking to my dad and of course he was in the military and I asked him why, well, you know, why? And his whole thing was, there was no jobs. He was like, I couldn't get a job. I had the main, I had two sisters. My father wasn't in my life. I had to support my mother. So I had to do it and he said, but joining the military wasn't a problem. He said, when I came back home, he yeah. said, I figured I'd be, you know, a military vet. You know, I just you know, did my four years of military. I get a job. He said, I couldn't find a job. He said, I went from military to fixing cars at a, at a, at a car lot. And yeah. he said, there was nobody that would give me a job. He said, so the only job that I had, he said, I took, he said, I did what all black people did back then. I took the sanitation test. I took the post office test. 
and the police officer test. He said the police officer test was the one that came back the first. He says, and I needed a job. And I just feel like we don't take care of our vets in this country. Like our vets come home, you see them on the side of the road, 25 cents for food. You know, they don't have a place to stay. They don't have no, it's, it's, it's horrible the way we treat our own. That's why you right. can't tell me. Like, you can't tell me anything about being a patriot based off the way we treat our veterans at all. And guess what? We're allowed to say that. The problem is we're not having those conversations publicly and holding people accountable to those conversations and answers. I guess I guess this is my final question. Do you do you think police brutality would still be as much of an much of an issue as it is if if people responded to the injustice the way Lincoln Jefferson did in American Skin? No. There <laughs> you go. This is it. <laughs> you got to watch American Skin. Then. <laughs> right, check out American Skin. I, I think I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you to be totally honest because I don't, I don't have any answers. Yeah. And as you said, after, after a while, when subjugation becomes revolution, it's only a matter of time. And guess what, bro? It's okay. Like the status quo, or I'll say they make us feel bad for what's happening to us, and make us feel bad for being frustrated and being out of options and even entertaining the idea that anything's an option. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's wrong. We, we need to be able to have all kinds of conversation about protecting our children. Because the children are not fine in this country. Ours aren't. Keeping them alive is one thing. But even think about it like this. Our brother, if our brother Michael Brown lives, then they lock him up that's for right. the same thing. If the cop would have shot him, he wouldn't have died. They'd have threw the book at him. So there's police killing, but then there's just walking and breathing. That's right. We're being miseducated, like, in, 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 in the ways that it's criminal. Like, if you can't afford a, a proper education, you're doomed. Everyone knows that. And so what do we do? We're not going to play Russian roulette with our kids. So all of our kids on, you know, Envy, I'm sure your kids got the best education. My kids are getting the best education. So you're in a situation where you're like, I'm not going to put them in the worst schools to prove a point. Again, I don't <laughs> have all the answers. Uh, I wish I had more, but... You know, all of us are, are trying to figure this thing out. This film is just a, a critique, which has more questions than answers. You know what I mean? I'm no, you know, no hero. I'm no, I'm just an artist, man. Just trying to reflect the times in a way that makes us have conversations like this. So our, our listeners, our audience can approach this thing a little differently. Absolutely. Well, thank, well, thank you, brother, you, for checking man. in, man. I know it's early out there, man. For y'all, anything. American Skin is a must watch, man. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, um... I, I watched uh, uh, G, what is Judas and the Black Messiah and then American Skin. It's not a good combination. Two great movies. <laughs> but you will be triggered as a black person in America. In a good way, though. You're going to be triggered to want to do something. That's it. Well, thank you, brother. We appreciate you again. Hey, thank you, King. Hey, Crawford. Breakfast Club. Good morning. Thank you, brother. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. I don't know about you, Charlemagne, but the kids are up. They are in class. They're virtually learning right now because of the snowstorm. And it's going to be a long one today, bro. Uh, my five-year-old don't have school today. I don't know. They cancel school for you? Yeah. yeah. They got they got them all virtually learning today. It sucks for them because usually they'd have the day off because of the snow. But anyway, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Cardi B. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. All right. Well, get ready for some new music from Cardi B. She has announced on social media, my new single, Up, drops this Friday. Let's go. And there's some artwork with it, too. So she already has WAP. That was triple platinum. That came out back in August. 
And now she's got a new single coming out on Friday. Okay. And I'm sure it'll, I'm, I'm sure it'll be some visuals to go along with that. And I'm positive it'll be some visuals to go along with that. That's how Cardi operates. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, Silento, you guys remember the Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nene? Watch me yep. Well, he was arrested yesterday for allegedly murdering his cousin, Frederick Rooks. After Jeez. an investigation, they found him shot to death in the street on January 21st. They found eight bullet casings on the scene. They didn't have a clear motive behind the shooting, but they said they obtained some ring camera footage from homes in the area, which captured at least one gunshot and several vehicles fleeing the scene. And right now, Silento has been arrested. He's being held in DeKalb County Jail, and they, he's being charged with a murder. Wow. I, Isn't that I saw, crazy? Um, I saw one of Silento's business partners. I didn't read the whole thing, but he posted yesterday that Silento has been dealing with uh, mental health issues for a while now. Yeah, we can see well, that. I know he got arrested. He got arrested for domestic violence, I think, in the last couple of months. Also, he was doing like 140 in his car. I think a month ago, and I mean, yeeks. Right, well, his publicist posted, uh, please send my client, Salento, some positive vibrations over the past several years. Ricky has been suffering immensely from a series of mental health illnesses. We will continue in his efforts of treatment, but we ask in the meantime, the public uplift him and his family in immediate prayer and positive energy. Yeah, you, you remember when he came to do an interview and he was late? You remember that? Yes, I do. And what yeah, do we yeah, do? Yeah. And we told him we told him that um we'll we'll, we'll get him on the next single. Yeah, <laughs> and the next single never came. No, nah, next single never came. Damn. Yeah, the next single never came. All right. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that she is a survivor of sexual assault. And she discussed this also while describing the trauma of what happened at the Capitol. Now, she talks about what happened at the Capitol that day. I immediately realized that I shouldn't have gone into the bathroom. I should have jumped in the closet. And so I opened the door when all of a sudden I hear that whoever was trying to get inside got into my office. And then I just start to hear these yells. Where is she? And this was the moment where I thought everything was over. I mean, I thought I was going to die. I have never been quieter in my entire life. Wow, so she did talk about also being a survivor of sexual assault and the trauma that comes with this, and she didn't even think she could trust the Capitol Police at that point. And then all of a sudden I hear, hey, 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 it's okay, come out. Um, And I come out, and this man is a Capitol Police officer. But then it didn't feel right because he was looking at me with a tremendous amount of anger and mm. things weren't adding up. He wasn't yelling like, this is Capitol Police, this is Capitol Police. And I talked to G, my legislative director, after the fact, and he said, no, I didn't know if he was there to help us or hurt us either. Eee, that's yeah. crazy. Wow. Now, in addition I mean, to this, she- I, I get it. She has something to say to everybody that is telling her she should just move on and, you know, She says that they're using the same tactics as abusers. These folks who tell us to move on, that we should forget what's happened, or even telling us to apologize, these are the same tactics of abusers. And I'm a survivor of sexual assault. 
and I haven't told many people that in my life, but when we go through trauma, trauma compounds on each other. Hey man, I don't, I don't know if you can ever truly heal your trauma. It sounds good to say, but I don't know because you never know what's going to trigger you. Just when you think something is healed inside of you, it's a situation that sets you off and re-traumatizes you all over again. So I think life is a, a process of constantly letting the same trauma go. I mean, that's some conversations I've been having with my therapist lately and, you know, my, my, my homegirl, Debbie Brown, you know, just, just different people I know that practice mindfulness. I've been having that conversation. Like, do you ever truly heal from trauma? Because I, I don't know. No, I don't think you really do. No way. Right, I'm Still sure things trigger too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Oh, man, I need courtside Karen to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with her. Her name is actually uh, Juliana Carlos. Chris mm. and Juliana Carlos. Her and her husband need to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with them this morning. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Yeah. It's time for Donkey of the Day. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sweet <laughs> say out his mouth. Just gotta say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That donk, 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 donk. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the Donkey of the Day, but like, I mean no harm. Yes, donkey today for Tuesday, February 2nd goes to Chris and Juliana Carlos. Sodium warning. The mayonnaise is heavy on this story. Okay, FYI, I made some tuna yesterday and I was so proud of myself because I used just enough mayonnaise. One forkful and a single can of tuna with some Old Bay seasoning, pepper and garlic salt. Yummy. Okay, we was in business. You feel me? I mean, that one forkful of mayonnaise made the tuna the right color and everything. And that's the thing about mayonnaise. I don't dislike mayonnaise. It's just that too much of it on anything ruins whatever that thing is. Okay, you can ruin a potato salad or some tuna if you apply too much goddamn mayonnaise. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. There you go. I was waiting for it, Dramos. And that's exactly what happened last night at State Farm Arena, okay? See, it's Atlanta. We all know Atlanta is on phase 173 when it comes to reopening the city. What is COVID to Atlanta? Atlanta really might be Wakanda because they act like it's a force field covering the whole city that's keeping COVID out. But one simple look at CDC statistics will tell you otherwise, because as of Monday, 749 1,867 Georgians have tested positive for COVID-19 since the pandemic started last March, and a total of 12,570 have died in connection with the virus. And 19 cases of a COVID-19 variant first discovered in the United Kingdom uh, have been found in Georgia. Okay, so don't let the pics and videos on IG fool you. COVID is very real in Atlanta. And last night was the first night I saw folks in Georgia, folks in Atlanta, Take any type of COVID-19 protocol serious, and rightfully so, because last night LeBron James was attacked by a group of thugs, 
Okay, I don't know if they were members of Vanilla Isis or not, but it seemed to me that one of them took their mask off, aimed at LeBron James, and just began to curse him out for no reason, which can only be described in this climate as biological warfare. We don't know what her COVID status was or is. Maybe she's positive. Maybe she's negative. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. All I know is if they want you to wear a mask in a building, it's for a reason. And when you decide to become a maskless heckler and purposely take your mask off Juliana Carlos in order to talk in the direction of LeBron James that can only be considered one thing during a pandemic germ warfare now what happened it was late in the fourth quarter the game had to be stopped because the devil that is Duke's mayonnaise in the form of Chris and Juliana Carlos got into it with a man who's got a bible named after him LeBron James let's listen to some of it we've got a lot of uh, jawing going on uh, the front row and uh, look at that and now the uh, security is getting involved. And the security is actually, I mean, the referees are actually telling the security they may want to usher somebody yeah. uh, to the, out, out of the building. They might be gone. I think this was happening also. Somebody was all over LeBron. And they're still on LeBron. I think that's what it yeah, is. a few minutes ago, and I know he was glaring into the seats. Wow. Well, she's pointing like that one meme with the lady and the cat. <laughs> that is the most accurate description of this woman. Okay, that that is what I saw when I saw that pale, privileged, unseasoned piece of poultry standing there with the mask dangling off her chin, pointing at LeBron. That's exactly what I thought about that white woman pointing and screaming at that cat. Now, Juliana went on live last night to explain what happened. Just a few parts to this. Uh, let me see what I want to hear. Um, let's let's let, let's hear the first part. Just got kicked out of the game for talking listen let me tell you lebron james looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out and i stood up and i go don't talk to my husband talk to my husband one more time and i will you up and he started fighting and he goes shut your mouth dumb bitch and i go you shut your mouth bitch whoa number one if a fan heckles a player, a player can heckle back. What I want to know, Juliana, if LeBron and your husband were going back and forth, do you realize you escalated the situation if you indeed stood up and told him, talk to my husband one more time, I will F you up? Did I hear that right? Did she say that? Could you play that part, Drum? Talk to my husband one more time and I will F you up. Jeez. Talk to my husband one more time, I will F you up. You were at State Farm Arena and immediately chose violence, Juliana. I will F you up as a call to arms. Okay, that right there means I need to prepare for confrontation. I need to defend myself against a potential takeover. Telling me I will F you up means I need to get ready for combat. Word to Reggio, say combat Jack forever. Now, Juliana explained further. Let's listen. Chris has been a Hawks fan forever. Whatever. He has this issue with LeBron. I don't have an issue le with LeBron. I don't give a LeBron. Anyway, all of a sudden, LeBron says something to my husband. I stand up and go, don't talk to my husband. And he looks at me and he goes, sit the down, bitch. And I go, don't call me a bitch. You sit the down. Get the out of here. And I go, don't Whoa. talk to my husband like that. And all of a sudden, now I'm getting kicked out. Excuse me. I have courtside seats that I pay for. See, Juliana talks too much. She just, admitted to, she just admitted to a targeted attack. You just said Chris doesn't like LeBron. 
LeBron, I'm sure, doesn't even know Chris exists. So Chris went there with the intent to wage biological warfare on LeBron. And you, Juliana, are the germ that he used to attack. Oh, this is bigger than Nino Brown, baby. In fact, there is no Brown in it. This is a great war. White Walkers versus the King. Now, Juliana, you said <laughs> LeBron called you a bitch. Okay? Let's, let's listen to that one part. He looks at me and he goes, sit the f*** down, bitch. She said LeBron told her to sit the f*** down, bitch. Okay, just like the woman on the meme arguing with the cat, you're hearing what you want to hear, Juliana. LeBron didn't tell you to sit the f*** down, bitch. He said to you, why you got your mask down in this bitch? Which is a damn good question, Juliana. See, fans like you are going to make it bad for everyone else. If you can't follow proper COVID protocol, then maybe, just maybe, it's too much of a risk to let fans attend the games. Just when you think you're getting back to some sense of normalcy, here goes Juliana bringing attention to her lip injections by running her mouth and doing what historically white women have done when they have interactions with big black men, playing the victim. After they started the problem. That's why Emmett Till got killed. It was the catalyst for Black Wall Street getting destroyed. In the late 1800 claims that black men, you know, had done things they didn't do on white women were frequently cited to justify their lynches. So we don't take it lightly when you start flapping your Kylie Jenner lip kits to accuse black men of doing and saying things they didn't say because it's a lot of generational trauma that goes along with that. Please let Chelsea Handler give Chris and Juliana Carlos the biggest hee-haw. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. All right. Too well, thank you for that dog. Mayonnaise. Let's open what? up the phone lines. I know we ain't got much time, so let's get right to it. 800-585-1051. When is the last time you ran into a Karen? Huh? When is the last time you had a situation with a Karen? All right? Call us up right now. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. You call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're asking, when is the last time you ran into a Karen? All right. Now, this comes from Charlemagne's donkey of the day, who he gave donkey to who? What's her name? Uh, Chris and Juliana Carlos, uh, they were the two people who were heckling LeBron James last night. They actually waged germ warfare on LeBron James because Juliana took her mask off to talk to LeBron. We don't know if she has COVID or not. So as far as I'm concerned, that was biological warfare. All right. Well, we're asking 800-585-1051. When's the last time uh, you ran into a Karen? And uh, I'll start it off for myself. Uh, I was with my, well, let me not say bike gang because I know people here gang, they think of, of negative. So me and my bike uh, crew were uh, riding up, you know, up to Nyack and we were riding and we went out to this little town and when we were there uh it was me now everybody that rides is professionals like professionals I was riding with John who owns a NASCAR driving team I was riding with my manager June I was riding with Duro and, and it was a bunch of professionals really bro good brothers that's really really getting it but we like to ride to stay in shape we want to make sure we're healthy we want to make sure that we can live to see our kids our grandkids and we do it all together so as we were riding in this town this white lady yells out of her car I hate you effing ass no, we said we hate you back and told the SMD and, you know, a couple of other things. But that was the last time I ran into a Karen. I've been Karen free the last couple of months. What about yourself, Charlamagne? You know, luckily, I haven't had a lot of run-ins with Karens in my life. I think it's because I grew up in South Carolina, so I tend to avoid unnecessary interactions with white women. 
Okay. Uh, even you with your daughter, even with woman? your daughter doing cheerleading and something, like, you didn't run into a Karen at a cheerleading competition or anything like that. No, no. you know, but also, you know, I have I, I have enough historical information in my brain to know that there's certain situations I'm not putting myself in. You know, sadly, this is things that black black men have to think about. If I'm at an elevator, right, and it's mm -hmm. like you know a couple white women in the elevator, I probably won't get on the elevator with them. Take the next one. Just because. Yeah, I'll just take the next one just because I want to avoid any unnecessary interaction. You know what I mean? Because just like I was talking about earlier during Donkey of the Day, you know, throughout the 1800s, you know, claims that black men had done things to white women that they didn't do were, were, were frequently cited to justify their lynching. So maybe that's just the generational trauma of my ancestors inside of me telling me to avoid, you know, uh, certain interactions. Okay. With, and what about you, Yee? Last time you ran into a Karen. Um, I was on a flight and this woman was going crazy because I guess, you know, on Delta, they don't let you sit next to anybody the way they have the seating. And First I was in my eight. seat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was in my seat and she got on the plane and she was like going crazy like oh my god they had me sitting next to someone and she was complaining and she was like I don't know why this would happen I know we're not supposed and I was just being quiet. She was uh, actually in the wrong seat but they, mm. she was asking them to check my ticket. Like, well, you should check her ticket and see if she's in the right seat. Like, I was. Did you pull out your place. ticket or no? Nope. I just I sat know, there because I, I was waiting for somebody to say something to me, but no one said anything. And I just was watching her go crazy. And then she was like, oh, I'm in actually in row three. That's the row. Okay. I'm sorry. Nah. Nah. Check your ticket first. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines 800 585 1051. Hello. Who's this? Oh, my God. This is Seamus from Brooklyn. Hey, Brooklyn. Good Oh my God, I just have to say, I love each and every one of you, Charlamagne. I love you. Please always be you yourself. More. Oh my God, I cannot believe else. I'm a first lover now. Anyway, so I'll just get right to my story. So I just started working at this hospital, I'm not gonna say the name, um, about seven months ago. I have this lady who just trolls me all day. She complains, complains, complains. Nothing I do is ever right, but she'll never come to me and say anything. She'll just complain. This woman peed on herself in front of everyone last night. Peed and I got front row center. How did she pee on herself? Why? I don't know. Well, she really should have been worried about wearing a Depend from one of the patients instead of me. But I, I'm telling you, God would really let you get a front row seat to your enemies crumble. That's I right. swear. That's right. That's right. You know what I was going to tell you? I was going to tell you if, if you've ever seen the help. You know, maybe you need to make her a pie. But the universe worked that one. The universe worked that one out for you even better. Charlamagne, can you please send me a book? Yes, I will. Let the producer put you on hold. Let Dan put you on hold and I'll get your information. Hold on, okay? Thank you. Bye. Peace, Shima. Don't hang up. Hold on. Love, Shima. 800-585-1051. We're asking, when's the last time you ran into a Karen? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know when I Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club Top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. We're asking, when is the last time you ran into a Karen? Hello, who's this? First and foremost, I want to say good morning. I love the show. Listen to it every morning. Love listening to y'all every Thank morning. Charlamagne. Donkey at the gate day definitely makes my day. Okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Don donkey at the gate. Donkey at the gate is a new segment. We're starting in March. 
I knew you were going to be the one to do it. I knew it, man. See? I'm proud of you coming out. I appreciate you. My goodness. But, uh, I ran into a flock of Karens. Oh, boy. This was in 19, 2019, the GM strike. I drive semi-truck. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. to a plant. They're picking it. First, someone breaks a mirror off of my truck. I get out. I have a short conversation with him. He backs down. One of the other guys is going to come to his defense and get in my face. I'm 6'6", 300 pounds. I'm not worried about nothing. Do what you go do. We go sell it right here. But dude spits in my face. What? Ooh. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Nah. 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 So when you nah, so when you get out of jail? When you get <laughs> Actually, out of jail? I never went to jail. So I deal with him accordingly. And two other guys come to his defense because he missed the whole rest of the fight after the first punch. Everybody's saying, I started everything. I started everything. The group of quote-unquote Karens, said, he did it. He just started throwing punches. I'm like, dude, spit in my face. One of the uh-huh. women actually said, it looked like he might have spit first. Like, how does it look like I spit? Everybody's talking spit in my face. But Lord the video actually uh, showed everything that happened. And Thank God. Yeah, I got nothing. All three of the guys who end up getting beat up, all three of them, they all got fired from GM for that. So all Thank three God. of them Imagine got beat it. up. All three of oh, oh yeah, all three of them got hands. I can show you. Imagine there wouldn't have been a <laughs> imagine there wouldn't have been a video, and they would have just took their word against yours. Absolutely, I would love to see the video because I I want to know man, who look. these good Samaritans are that came to your defense against these thugs. Word. <laughs> hey, I can see y'all the video because the same day a guy who I played football with sent me the video said, "Hey, is this you, fam?" I said, yeah, that was me. Send me that video. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Give yeah, send us the video. Hey, I'm going to see it. Yeah, too, give him the email. Give him the email. Breakfastclubam at gmail.com. Oh, you can just send it to our Instagrams, man. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Crystal. How are you? Hey, Crystal. Hey. Good morning. We're asking, hey, when's the last time you ran into a Karen? Now I'm in South Carolina, so Karens are common. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, Karens why, are that's why I've always avoided them. Hey, Charlemagne, good old. I'm in Columbia, Peace. so you know all about it. Um, 803. 803, there it is. I ran into a Karen, y'all, in public the other day. I'm with my eight-year-old daughter. I was getting a can off the bottom of um, the aisle. Lady walks up with her cart. She said, you're in my way, nigger. Whoa. I said, what? Hell no. Nigger. You recessive gene, poor white trash. What is a recessive gene? That means <laughs> you need to poop in the piss out the ocean from the fish that's on the top. Raggedy ass. So she went on to say all types of stuff. She went on to even say, I will slap you. I said, lady, and if you slap me, your whole family will be cooking greens all next week for your Damn. recess. Do it. Please do it. <laughs> you oh you have to pans at your house all next week. I promise you. By the way, by the way, her calling you the N-word is enough. That was enough. I'm ready to suit up by then, y'all. I'm like, what? I'm not my ancestors. Even my ancestors would have beat your that part. (laughs) All right. These parents, somebody's going to get hurt for real. They playing too much. Like, stop it. Okay. You better watch Harriet again or something about Ned Turner. You better It's for real. All right. Well, thank you, Mama. What's the moral of the story, guys? I don't know if there is a moral of the story. The moral of the story is Karen's out here in these streets, bro, and they've been around forever in a day. So the only thing you can do is avoid them or have somebody to pay your bail money. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way, Yee? 
Yes, and we are going to be talking about Wakanda Forever. Let's talk about a spinoff series for Black Panther that is in the works at Disney+. Plus. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Come on. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So let's talk about Chad Wheeler, who played for the Seahawks. He was arrested and booked January 23rd after his girlfriend accused him of twice choking her until she was unconscious while he was experiencing what he called, and she called it as well, a manic episode. Uh, Cops have described what the scene was like. Uh, they said that it took three police officers to detain him. And they said it was like trying to subdue a bear. They said uh, when they arrived at the scene, his girlfriend was so badly injured, they had to subdue him. And they said, one cop said, I grabbed a hold of Chad. I could tell he was very solid and muscular. He was not easy to move. And all three responding cops ended up piling on top of him and it barely slowed him down. Yeah, he's 6'7", 315 pounds, and he hit men and moves men for a living. Like... I'm, well, I'm if surprised. If he was black, they, they would have shot him. If he was black, they would have shot him, and they wouldn't have cared that he had mental health issues. And they used a taser to detain him, but they said it had little to no effect. So he was later arrested. Now his how did girl, they finally get him there? How did they finally do it then? If they the taser didn't work, three men on top of him didn't work. What, what did they do? They said they said oh. ultimately they were finally able to get him into custody, but they said he was so big, they were concerned he concerned he wouldn't fit into the cruiser, the police cruiser. So they had to call for a larger jail van to take him to the station. It, isn't it amazing how they can always figure it out when it's a white person, but when it's a black person, they have no other bright ideas Bro. other than to shoot. Bro, they shot the preacher that was having a, a, a mental illness. Uh, a, a, I don't want to say a, a problem at the time, and he was what six foot, no nowhere near three hundred fifteen pounds. Yeah. They didn't need three men to take him down. They just shot him, which is crazy. And listen, well, and you know, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say he has entered a not guilty plea though in this domestic violence case. I don't know how you can argue that. Well, you know, they say Chad Willard deals with mental health issues. He wasn't taking his medication, but I think when folks you know, hear people say that, that doesn't mean shouldn't be held accountable. Like, even Correct. with all of those things, you can still get your ass beat. You can also still go to jail. And you can also get mental health counseling as well. All three of those things can be true. Now, his former girlfriend did appear in court with her left arm in a sling, and she said that she does not feel safe as long as he is out of custody. She did object to his request that he be allowed to stay at his home in Hawaii. And she would prefer that he's not anywhere around her. So I can't blame her for that. Of course. But we'll keep you updated on this case. All right. Now, um, let's talk about Black Panther. This is a good news story. There's a series in the works with director Ryan Coogler as a five-year exclusive TV deal with Disney. And they said one of those projects is going to be a Black Panther TV series. Y'all excited That's for dope. that? Yeah, of, of course I am. Come on, man. I'm so deep in the WandaVision. I mean, it's only been four episodes, but I already love what Marvel's doing with, um, you know, the Disney Plus shows. That's actually the reason I got Disney Plus, even though my kids have taken Disney Plus over because they love Bluey and Sheriff Cali and, you know, all of that type of stuff. But I got Disney Plus for the Marvel TV show. So, yes, I'm excited. All right. Just making sure. I actually got Disney Plus, too. I had to watch Soul and now I have Disney Plus at home. All right, Mariah Carey's it's the, it's the, it's the best. It's the best streaming service, by the way. 
Their me. kids love it. My kids love it. Because because a, a lot of the stuff that I enjoy are, are on Disney Plus. So it's the best service to me. All right, Mariah Carey's estranged sister is suing her for emotional distress. And she said that is because of Mariah's allegations about her. She's suing for $1.25 million. Allison Carey says that Mariah presented no evidence to back up the accusations of abuse in her book, The Meaning of Mariah. She said Mariah's book alleges that Allison gave her Valium, tried to pimp her out, and threw a cup of boiling hot tea on her, causing third-degree burns when Mariah was 12. She's disputing these allegations as Mariah hasn't provided any evidence to support them. That's so why crazy this they'll all what you say? I was gonna just say so crazy the things that we go through with the people who are family members closest to us. Well, that's why they say when you write books, you should always change the names. Just 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 in case. Because of situations like this. Just just change just change the name. Yeah. That's all. Absolutely. Change the name, you ain't gotta deal with the headaches. It's hard though if it's your sister, right? Because you still are gonna say it's your sister. Won't people won't that still matter? Yeah, but anybody can sue for any reason. So if you can avoid a lawsuit, I mean, yeah, you tried. I mean, I know Charlemagne has been sued a couple times. I've been sued what for thirty million dollars? So last year, so yeah, people you got will sue for thirty million. Thirty million. You know that? Damn. You paid it? No, I won. I didn't have to pay nobody <laughs> nothing. All right, Lee Daniels is doing a Wonder Years reboot. They got the order for the pilot, so. That will move forward. The original show featured a white middle-class family in the 60s, but this time it will have a black middle-class family in Montgomery, Alabama, also during the 60s, and how they made sure that era was the wonder years for them. So the show's original creator, Neil Marlins, is on board as a consultant, and that's the plan. He's also doing a Waiting to Exhale series, so I'm excited for that. I can't sit here and act like I wasn't all into Kevin and Winnie when the wonder years was popping. To Kevin and Wendy? I definitely. Winnie. Kevin and Winnie, man. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> Kevin, I was, I was all in the Kevin. Kevin and, and Wendy, Wendy also, though. He just be trying to trigger me. That's all. But no, I was all in the Kevin and Wendy. I was all in for all six seasons of the Wendy years. I don't I don't know if it needs a remake, but I'm interested to see what Lee Daniels does with it. All right. Now, Issa Rae recently did an Instagram live conversation and she was talking about Insecure coming to an end and how she also is a little bit insecure about that. Here's what she said. My negative self-talk has been I'm entering a new chapter in my life, which I'm discovering is, you know, with the end of Insecure and it feels like my future is kind of just up in the air. I'm like, what's going to be my next thing? And, you know, am I going to be okay? Do I have longevity in this industry? And so I guess my positive affirmation will be, you can be here as long as you want to be, as long as you work at it, and as long as it's right for you. you That's Ray shocking to me. To be more than fine. She just had love bird, the Lovebirds on Netflix. She had the photograph. She had little. She has all these other things going on. That's so um, interesting. Yeah, but, but those, those those aren't her projects, though. She was she was acting in those projects. I guess she means. For I thought some of them were. No, as far as being a producer, not that I. Re- I don't think none of those projects. I were. thought I don't the, think this is done a movie yet. Oh, I thought the Lovebirds was her project, but maybe I'm I wrong. Mean, I don't know. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I don't. I didn't know. She, I don't think she's done no films yet. Not pro- not right. produced or written one. Oh well, I feel like I mean Issa Rae is super talented. I love her stuff, so I can't wait to see what she does next. But I understand she the insecurity when you're 
when you're not sure. So she's just being vocal about it because no matter what, you always have to have like your plan A, B, C, and D just in case. You never want to take things for granted. But, you know, we're all for Issa Rae. I'm interested in the HBO Max show she got that's um, based on the two female rappers from Miami. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not that just just reading that on paper. That looks incredible. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what she does. I, I want her to cast Pretty V in that as well as as well as the city girls. Why not? Okay. Mm-hmm. Both of them need to be on the screen. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. It's Black History Month. Who are we repping today, Charlamagne? Listen, man, today we are representing Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He is a Black History Month legend. So this is a Black History Month moment from a Black History Month legend. This man has given us the most legendary meme of all time when he decided to be vulnerable and bare his soul and cry in front of the world. And now he's given us another meme based off what some would call his petty. But I don't call it being petty. I call it motivation to do what it is that he does. Now, I know the second agreement and the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is don't take things personally. But what if taking things personally is what drives your competitive spirit and makes you want to be better and execute better than everyone around you. Here's the 10 times Michael Jordan took it personally. The Breakfast Club presents a new Black History Month legend. They were tough. Every time I go in that f-ing game and come out, I got a new scratch. It became personal with me. I knew that Jerry Krause loved Dan Martin. And just because Krause liked him was enough for me. You think he's a great defensive player? Okay, fine. I'm assure you that he's not. It became personal with me. Clyde was a threat. You know, I'm not saying he wasn't a threat. But me being compared to him, it became personal with me. I was a little bit upset that I didn't get the MVP that he and they gave to Charles But with that said, okay, fine, you can have that. It became personal with me. When I was playing baseball, Utah was in town to play the Bulls. They're practicing at the facility. I go over, say hello to John and Carl. And this kid, Brian Russell, comes up to me and said, man, why you quit? Man, you knew I could guard your ass. I couldn't, you, you had to quit. But from that point on, he's been on my list. It became personal with me. Carl Malone get MVP. I'm not saying he wasn't deserving of it. All I'm saying is that that fueled the fire in me and said, okay, you think he's the MVP? Okay, fine, no problem. It became personal with me. During the finals, we go out to dinner one night. George Carl's over on the other side, having dinner. Hey, there's George Carl over there. And George Carl does not come over and speak to him. He walked right past me. Oh, so that's how you're going to play it. That's all I needed for him to do that. And it, it became personal with me. LeBradford Smith walking out of the gym had said, nice game, Mike. He took such umbrage at a guy saying, nice game, Mike, that he torched and humiliated him. Oh, I hated him. And yeah, he carries even to this day. It became personal with me. And that was another new Black History Month legend, courtesy of The Breakfast Club. I definitely take things personally, by the way. Me too. I, but I think the people and I, and right I, and, Yeah, and I use it for the same type of motivation that uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan does. Yes, I absolutely All right. Do. Now, um, shout to Nate Parker for joining us this morning. That's right, man. And if you get a chance during this Black History Month, please watch American Skin. It's a lot of great movies that are coming out this month that um, have a lot of teachable moments. American Skin is one of them. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah is another. So make sure you check those out. All right. Well, I had a time to get up out of here. Shout to everybody on the East Coast. I know you, a lot of people are digging out today. Just be safe out there. Even though they plowed a lot of the roads, it's still icy. So 
just give yourself a little extra time and it's cold. And if you're on the down south or on the west coast, it's hot. F y'all. Hey, and I want to tell everybody too, man, a salute to everybody and thank you to everyone who has been pre-ordering uh, Tamika Mallory's upcoming book, State of Emergency, mm -hmm. How to Win in the Country We Built. It'll be out May 11th, 2021. A lot of people pre-ordering and I just want to say thank you for the support. And if you haven't pre-ordered yet, go do that. Tamika Mallory, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built. It's available everywhere you purchase books, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, all those places. All right. Well, leave us on a positive note. Listen, this positive note today comes from another one of our ancestors now, the great Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou says, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude about it. Breakfast club, bitches. We all finished or y'all done?